Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris and we're here today inside the office. It's uh, hot and steamy outside, so I thought I'd just do this. The third in the series of uh, inspiration techniques, Breathing for Life, and uh, I've written this out um, uh, for the blog, and so you can go on innerwealth.com or chriswalker.au and find this uh, beautiful article all about breathing. So the access to inspiration in life is for some people accidental. We've gone through this on the last two podcasts and that even the dictionary says it just comes sporadically and the person gets inspired and they do something fantastic. I guess that's true for the great unwashed. But we're in a wealth, we're, we're practicing the art of personal mastery and we know that a person can move themselves into a state of inspiration if they choose. So let's talk about this. There is always a, uh, a possibility that you can inspire yourself anytime you choose. We need to get that clear. But, and there always is a but or an if, and if, and in this case, the if is whether you are living life as a puppet or whether you are living life as a string. If you are dancing from work to life to life to work to life to work and back again, saying you're not happy at work or you're not happy at home and you're going to work to get away from home or you're <coughs> coming home to get away from work, like uh, if you have a seagull manager running you at work or and you're not happy with that or you've got a seagull manager running you at home which we talked about in the previous podcast it's the equivalent to a drowning person flying so now we've started to get a little bit real and enjoy the idea that the expectation of causing inspiration uh, when we're behaving um, with the intelligence of a donkey is just not probably not going to happen so we, we're very wise, and I, I think this is really important here in this series, to uh, not place an expectation on ourselves that's false. That just loads us up with more baggage. The first article in the series explained that a person who's stressed, stressed for more than one hour at a time about one topic, is behaving what I call in a stupid way. There are techniques to deal with stress. There are techniques to get over it. But if you're so stubborn and you want to hang on to your stress, that's good luck to you. But if that's the case, if you're feeling stressed and it's lingering, uh, then please take all this talk that I'm about to give about breathing and how it can make you inspired and throw it in the rubbish tin because it ain't going to work for you. Um, so then it wouldn't matter whether we um, went to yoga or meditate or go on a Himalayan monastery for the rest of our life. If we're stressed, you will not have inspiration. Let's put that out of the way. Now let's talk about breathing. Everybody breathes well. At least we would like them to be breathing, otherwise they're dead. So given that everybody breathes, it might be wise to start with the premise that everybody can be inspired because it's through the breath that we can cause inspiration and deliberately arrive any time we choose in a state of inspiration. I do it every day, constantly. However, it's not just any old breath and it's not just any old time of the day. The first thing is not to be stressed, and the second condition is that we're not running away from work. 
Now, as I've said before, when a person's running away from their work, obviously something is completely wrong. And it's the same experience as me standing on Ben Buckler Cliff and watching salmon. There's schools of salmon. You see the salmon and they're fish and they're trying to fly. They're jumping out of the water. But fish don't fly and fish don't want to fly because it's exhausting unless something underneath them is chasing them and they become airborne trying to escape that. <clears throat> so the most likely cause of, uh, a, piece, uh, of a salmon uh, trying to fly is a shark. So sharks are in the ocean, they're natural and they're predators and that's very understandable. The salmon have developed a technique called jump the frig out of the water to avoid being the one that becomes part of the 50 or 60 salmon and these salmon are about half a metre long that one shark will eat in a day. I also find it quite ironic that people who cry out to preserve the oceans and preserve the sharks and keep the sharks don't give a shit about the poor old 50 or 60 salmon that get munched. Anyway, that's another story. So a person who's running away from their work, in other words, looking forward to going home as soon as possible or getting away from their seagull boss, or is, is being like a salmon and they'll start jumping out of the water and as if they're being chased by a shark. That's going to happen in the nervous system. So sadly, that exhausts the salmon uh, and, the, and the salmon hope like hell they don't have to jump anymore and that usually becomes the next prey for the shark. But it also uh, exhausts people, which means the human went outside the range of the shark or the human when it's outside the range of the seagull boss uh, wants des desperately for everything to go their way and not another shark come along or not another problem, in which, they ca become, in which case a human being becomes a totally demanding asshole at home, super sensitive, super fragile, because they want everything at home to turn out well because it's not turning out well at work. That's not okay. And under those circumstances, forget the breathing, forget the uh, meditation, forget the inspiration, ain't gonna happen. By the way, it also works in the other direction. If a person is looking forward to going to work to escape the tedium of parenting or partnering with a grumpy partner, then they are running to work with false expectation and then they'll get to work and throw those false expectations on everybody at work and screw that up too. So getting a balanced life and making sure we treat people holistically is really important. Remembering there's seven areas of life, not just two. So in the previous article I wrote about consciousness, I also suggested that a modern human resource techniques don't measure consciousness and therefore they avoid talking about it. But and in the wealth, we can measure consciousness very easily. You know that already. We also said that it's uh, very hard for a person. It's impossible for a person to work for a boss who's less conscious than themselves. And so it's wise to be able to measure this variable in life, especially at work. If you can't work for a boss that's less conscious than you, isn't it wise to measure that and know that? But it also makes very interesting measurement at home too. So we arrive at the idea that breathing can cause inspiration anytime we want, provided that condition one, no stress, and condition two, by the way, no stress that lasts more than an hour, and condition two, no running away, uh, exist. So I made a little poem for you. Maybe you'd like to copy this or print it out or put it in your wall, and, it's, and there's a PDF of it on the, uh, on the blog. Um, because this poem is a condition of being able to cause yourself to be inspired. 
And if you can cause yourself to be inspired, you will have all the security, confidence, mental, emotional, physical health you could ever dream of. That's a fact of life. Here we go. A master in the art of living draws no sharp distinction between their work and their play, their labor and their leisure, their mind and their body, their education or their recreation. They hardly know which is which. They simply pursue their vision of excellence through whatever they're doing and leave others to determine whether they're working or playing. To them, it seems as if they're always doing both. I think that sums it up to a nutshell. Anyway, let's keep going. And now we come to the breathing technique, which is very important. In fact, the most important aspect of creating inspiration for yourself anytime you choose. So the word inspiration in English means to breathe in, by the way. But ex an exhalation means to breathe out. But for today, let's replace inspiration breathing in with inhalation. So if you can do this practice, you can arrive at an inspired state of mind any moment you choose, provided the two conditions were met that we talked about before. Firstly, it works like this. You breathe in to the top of your capacity. You breathe in to the top of the capacity through your nose. And then you breathe out to the bottom of your capacity through the nose. You do this a few times. It's a cycle. Then the next time you breathe in, you try to expand the time it takes between the top of the breath and the exhaling of the breath without holding your breath. So what we're trying to do is like go over the Big Dipper. You know when the Big Dipper goes to the top or when you're in an airplane and it goes and it's flying high and all of a sudden loses altitude. In that moment, that's the moment between the inhale and the exhale and you're breathing, you're not holding your breath, but you're taking as long as possible to move from inhaling to exhaling. And you can get a breathing pattern, something like seven breath, seven count in, three over the top, seven count out, three under the bottom. And then the trick will be to see if you can get seven count in, four over the top, seven count out, four under the bottom. You can practice this um, all day, every day. You can even practice it while you're walking. You can practice it while you're working. Now, the sense of weightlessness that occurs between inhale and exhale is a fraction of a moment in time. It's unmeasurable in some senses when we're normally breathing. But this is where inspiration is. It's between the moments. Inspiration is not a contraction of time, but it is a reception of genius. Now, in that moment when you stall between the inhale and exhale, you can't think. And that's why the mind releases itself and allows information to come in. So you would pause your emotions, you pause your thinking for 100% between the inhale and the exhale. And in that moment, information flows in. Now, if you do it with a question in your mind, you're probably going to get the answer um, like catching a feather in the palm of your hand. If you just walk away from the practice at the end and you look in your hand or you feel what's in your hand, you'll have the answer. Now, it doesn't take me on this podcast to educate you on the power of breathing. You know already that the person who gets a sudden shock breathes in rapidly, and the person who's depressed or exhausted from trying, hopelessness, extends the exhalation for a very long time compared to the inhale. 
That's, that's called depressive breathing. And the funny thing is, when I've got a person comes to me with depression, I say, I teach them this breathing technique to breathe in equally, inhale, exhale, or to take longer inhales and shorter exhales. And I say, are you depressed right now? And they go, no, I'm not. And immediately, as soon as they say, no, they're not, they revert to the old breathing practice. So sometimes we've got breathing cycles embedded in our system from the past or from an event and it's body memory. And so retraining your body to breathe at least equal inhale, exhale, and teaching your body to breathe with stalling over the top and the bottom is really powerful practice. The actual breath itself can be complicated. Um, many people breathe into their upper chest and you know, trying to keep their abs nice and tight. And then there are those who breathe into their belly only and forget that the lungs are 90% in the upper chest. The other part about breathing is there's a diaphragm that holds the lungs up. And the diaphragm has to expand down when we breathe in and it pull up when we breathe out. So this is all really important stuff to train your body to do automatically, especially in your sleep. So every day I, I like to lie on the floor and, and I've got what's called a yoga, yoga wheel. And it's about 300, 350 millimeters diameter and it's got cork around the outside and I lie over that and stretch my arms out to the side and practice this breathing technique in order to uh, remind myself, remind my body mind uh, what it's like to be in a good zone of mind, body, spirit, energy. If we live our life like salmon jumping out of the water to avoid sharks, or if we live our life running away from seagull bosses, then uh, please don't worry about all this stuff that I'm talking about ain't going to work. Um, and maybe you need to deal with that stuff first. Um, don't create an expectation of yourself that's not realistic. I also do this technique with the breathing when I go along the beach and I practice um, walking. I take seven steps breathing in. I sort of let the breath roll over into the exhale over a couple of breaths and breathe out seven steps and do it at the bottom. And then I, next time I breathe in, see if I can get three steps in as I roll over the breath into the exhale and, and do the same on the inhale. So this is Chris. I hope you have a beautiful day. This is really important. Please don't have a false expectation of yourself. If you've got stress or if you're running from work to home or home to work, if you're running away from something that you're not enjoying right now, sort it out because otherwise it's going to block your inspiration. There's nothing sure. It's going to cause mind noise and mind noise. It, it, it doesn't mean you're not inspired. It means you just won't hear it. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.